Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. I am super excited today. I feel like I say that every episode, but seriously, (laughs) today I am so thrilled. Um, The guest I'm about to introduce you to today is someone that I just met but I feel like I've known her my entire life. She is like a soul sister, big sister, and I think you're going to fall in love with her. I had heard of her work for many years and seen her online, and then we had the the privilege of just kind of very briefly bumping into each other at a Transformational Leadership Council uh, conference, and it was just, there was a connection. And so when we got to know each other, for me, that connection was confirmed, and she has such integrity, authenticity, realness, heart, and soulfulness, which is what Soul Talk is about. She's a best-selling author, internationally acclaimed oracle expert, spiritual intuitive, uh, thought leader, business strategist. I mean, the list goes on. Because uh, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let her share a bit about her life, and you're going to get to know a bit about her, the amazing Colette Barron-Reed. Welcome. Thank you. I know. It, I felt the exact same way when I set eyes on you. And it was funny because we kept trying to meet and talk. And then I just decided to call you on my own. I thought, you know what? There's yeah. something with this guy. We had a beautiful connection and resonance. Yes. And when we spoke for the first time, it just it was like friends picking up from just, you know, leaving off in a past life or something. And so it's, it's just so grateful to, to know you and to just have you in my life as a friend and just have your energy in my life. So I really just appreciate you really Thank deeply. And you. for that initial, look, folks, I won't go into details, but we had an initial conversation that was so heartfelt. And I felt, you know, it, it's one thing when people write books, but it's another thing for me, how people show up in their lives. And from that initial conversation, you showed up in such a way that was so loving and generous and and supportive of my work and my soul that, I, w- I was I w- honestly, I was blown away. So thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I have to say, I don't always read the books that I get. Right. So, you know, we I got your book and I decided to read it. Usually I go, oh, another book. Yeah. And I was I was just like, this guy needs to be seen and heard oh, and out there. And, you know, I was I was really moved by your work. And, and then, of course, I started following you on Instagram and we're very much in alignment with the way we think and and what we believe yeah, um, yeah. and what and, and and how we act from those beliefs. So um, I'm super proud to call you my friend, too. And, and yes, it feels like oh, many lives, <laughs> many lifetimes. <laughs> many so listen, lives. How, how does someone become a intuitive and oh, let's accident. just start there like oracle <laughs> expert intuitive is it training by accident your no, parents accident. like what the hell happened so, so what the hell happened was i was pursuing a career in music 
And uh, I actually do have two albums on the EMI, now Universal Music Label. But what happened was um, I always had this ability since I was a kid, um, although my parents were really profoundly pushing me to go into academia. They wanted me to be a lawyer. They decided that when I think I was four, mm. but I, I was able to see things um, from the time, you know, I remember having nightmares between the time of three and five, where I would dream about this skeletal looking man, always the same one at a table with a pile of teeth and a pile of gold, little gold trinket things. And then a whole lineup of these naked, skinny, skinny people. Now I'd never seen people like that. And I'd actually never seen a naked man. Mm. No, but I remember that they, they, I saw the dangling <laughs> I was just a little kid. Right. So it was very strange, but, um, and it had a horrible smell and, 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 um, and it was a recurring nightmare identical every time. And I would tell my mom and, uh, she didn't want to pick me up. It was the only nightmare. Like normally she would let me come in bed with her so I could cuddle when I had a nightmare and she'd be, everything is okay. But my mom, I could feel that she was rejecting me and wanting to push me away. Just in a nutshell, I did not know anything about my mother's history in World War II. She came to Canada. She was German of Polish, uh, her heritage. Um, and, uh, I did not know that my grandfather was killed in Dachau, all right, and and that the, I was literally seeing what went on in the concentration camp. Mm -hmm. And my mother came to Canada, raised us Anglicans. She pretended she wasn't Jewish. Mm -hmm. So there was this whole like thing. My dad didn't even know. So when I would wake up and tell her these stories of the war, um, and then I'd see body parts and I didn't understand. And they look like, and, and then I, I dream and these like people would be shoved into what looked like to me, a easy bake oven because mm -hmm. I had an easy, my older sister had an easy bake oven. And I knew what it looked like. And, and, and so I was literally outing my mother's deepest secrets from when I was little. So I got an initial sense that this was not only not okay, it was dangerous. And it meant that I was unlovable and that there was something wrong. Right. So that was my first indic indicator that maybe this isn't something I should be doing. Um, so that's when somebody said to me, how did you become an intuitive? Yeah. I would say that's I refused the call for some time, but I came to it quite <clears throat> easily because my father, my father was fascinating. He was born in 1908 um, in former Yugoslavia and uh, was loosely related to King Peter. Um, and uh -huh. and and because my parents were Canadian immigrants, like he came over the, the, on the same boat different times, right? Mm. He, he was 20 years older than my mom. But anyway, so the, the loosely relationship had to do with the fact that in, in like Britain, it would be like a baron, right? But really what it meant is that he had extra cows and horses. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So, but you go to Canada where everything is like very waspy, like, and then he became the Baron. So we got into the snootiest private school and wow. my father just milked it, even though wow. it was complete BS. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that now. Right. But anyway, but he was very fascinating. He was a, an engineer and a town planner and, uh, and an inventor and a fascinating person. And what I found out when he died and I was 34 mm. when he died. So that's going to, oh God, 30 years ago. Um, he 
his friends who were still alive, they they were also from Yugoslavia. Um, and one was the daughter of the ambassador. This is like going back before Tito, before it became all the separated things. Anyhow, so they told me that I, I inherited this from my father because um, my dad would go into a trance and read people's Turkish coffee cups at parties wow. and say things. But one time he, he told these two people they were having an affair with that other their 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 husbands or wives were having an affair with each other at the same party. He didn't remember a thing he said. And my it was a huge scandal. And my mother forbade him to ever do that again. Wow. So <laughs> I did not know any of this until he died. Wow. Yeah. So there was all of this kind of like it's like trying to suppress. Mm-hmm. I I had a Scottish nanny, Mrs. Kelly, and she had overheard my mother. I, I had overheard her talking to my mom because I was seven at the time. Mm. And she was telling my mother in a very heavy Scottish brogue, which apparently now we can't do because it's whatever. I used to be really good at it. But anyhow, I I digress. So Mm. um, she told her that I had the sight and my mother was freaking out. And I thought everybody in the family wore glasses except for me. And I thought it meant that I didn't have to wear glasses. I was like, why is everybody upset? (laughs) 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 I had a sight. Uh. So anyhow, so, so I was, I really believe I was born to this. Like I just knew stuff I didn't know was, I wasn't supposed to know all the time, right. but right. it was very emotionally distressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was bulimic. I, I got into drugs and alcohol in high school, even though I did go to law school, I, you know, I failed miserably. I quit and I just wanted to be a singer ever. Mm-hmm. So um, just to fast forward, mm-hmm. um, I got clean and sober uh, in uh, 19 or January 2nd, 1986. And I've been clean and sober ever since. Mm. So I became a cocaine addict and the mm. whole nine yards. I'm very lucky yeah. to be alive. Yeah. I'm not even going to wow. bore you with all the crap that happened. Wow. Wow. I am very lucky not wow. only to be alive, but that I have a healthy sense of self, et cetera, wow. but a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of violent things happened mm. to me between a few years, my, and my poor parents, but anyhow, mm. um, when I got clean and sober for the first two years, um, I completely devoted myself to soul healing, mm. you know, and that was because I almost died and I should be dead. I wow. should not be alive. Wow. And when I got that second chance, um, I got that second chance at life. I knew that I would only have this one chance. Can, can, can you just, uh, yeah. can we back up a second? You say you yeah. almost died you, because of the addiction, because of just, yeah. Just- yeah, and, and, and yeah. so I'm just I'm curious if you could just say a bit more about that and and Addiction? a bit more, yeah, like like like, I will. What what led to that, but also a bit more about what what was the turning point that made the shift that got you out when you're like I almost yes. died and then something switched. So 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 talk so to me about, about the situation I, and then the switch. I can give you it in little. Bites yeah. without uh, you having to put a big trauma on a thing mm-hmm. on your on your podcast trauma alert mm-hmm. or trigger alert. So I was um, I had a multiple. I'll, I'll just try to couch this. So I yes. had a a multiple uh, a gang situation where I was violated right mm. by a multiple situation when i was 19 years old mm. and so my self esteem i thought it was my fault i couldn't fight i was afraid i would get killed and i had a lot of emotional baggage around i sh- you know i took a ride home from a for a couple of guys at university 
And then I ended up at a place that I shouldn't have. So there was a whole series of things. Um, and that's what real, I'd already been in trouble with, yeah. you know, you know, like drinking and partying at university. Right. Yes. But this was a whole other level mm. of, of yeah. being wow. violated and then hating myself. And also knowing I felt all these stories from these guys and and which were actually later corroborated by people who knew them, mm. um, that knew their histories. And I saw all these things. So I have to say, though, that horrifying moment, I actually had a psychotic break and I left my body and hung in the ceiling on the side. Mm -hmm. So I was just watching it without any emotion whatsoever. And interestingly enough, it's kind of where I go when I'm doing a reading. I, because I know how to step out of myself and not be, mm. not be me, not be, mm. not mm -hmm. throw through to my own filter, just to be in the observer. Yeah. Although it was, it was certainly not in a clean way at yes. that time. It was a way to survive. So after that, I, my, I was uh, involved with a producer, record producer, mm. um, kind of Sven Galley-ish kind of guy mm -hmm. who became my boyfriend, who actually uh, worked with Rick James. And, mm. uh, and then I learned how to freebase cocaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that was in the 80s when it wasn't supposed to be addictive. Mm. So I can just tell you, I have been through some very festive places. Yeah. Um, but all of it was about me trying to escape myself and escape mm -hmm. the pain and also escape the legacy. Knowing now what I know about my mom and and also my the women in my family and, and even my great grandmother on my father's side, who is Mongolian, who mm. is from uh who was probably traded with the horses because they were horse traders in the 1800s. Mm. Um, because how did a 15 year old Mongolian girl end up in, in Yugoslavia and Serbia? Mm. Like, you know, that it's because, so I'm like, Whoa. Um, and my dad used to always say she's to spit at the back of the church and, and whatever. Mm. And it was mm. weird. It was just a very weird thing. So I'm thinking about all the women in my family and all, and my mom had also had the exact same experience when she was 19 with Russian soldiers. Mm. So when I was in the hospital, hospital, I had told her because the doctor finally said, you have to tell your parents mm. because I didn't, I had an infection. I couldn't have kids as a result of it. Mm. And my mom, my mother was then basically told me not to tell anybody here. I am on a radio show, mm. um, uh, but it, it helps other people when you talk about this, because if you mm. can overcome something, you can overcome anything. But she wow. had gone through the exact same experience when she was the same age as me in the same wow. month. Can you believe wow. it? In the same month. Wow. And it happened with her to her in front of her dad. So, but she never, she just pull up your bootstraps, never talk about the family, never talk about the, your violations, just mm. pull yourself together and never cry. Basically this is who I was raised by. Mm. So um, when, so I hit bottom, uh, interestingly enough, I, I could have hit bottom so many more times, but I, I, I managed to kind of pull it all together and and keep moving. You know, I always moved faster than life could catch up to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and I can talk more about that later because I did yeah. that in business too, which isn't yeah. the right thing to do. But huh. you know, and uh, I, I when I hit bottom, I had been for a week in a drug dealer's basement. I hadn't slept or bathed, and wow. I walked up to the bathroom, and. Uh, I looked at myself in the mirror and, and I was no longer a legend in my own mind about to get a record deal. 
I saw myself as I really was. And I just said, help me. And it was a different type of help me. It wasn't the help me. I won't do this again. Please get me out of this. So I won't do it next time, but I would anyway. It was the kind of different sort of spiritual help mm -hmm. me. I, it was a complete and absolute surrender. Yes. And I stood in front of a sink and holding the sides of the sink and the, the whites of my eyes were yellow and I have gold colored eyes. So I look like Rosemary's baby, wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and then my teeth were loose and I, you know, I, I had jaw and my gums were bleeding. And all I could remember was this spirit. It was this, and, and I mean, people could say, oh, you're probably hallucinating and I don't really care, mm -hmm. you know, what they think, but there was this presence that was shimmering that mm -hmm. came and just said, it's over. Mm. Now it's not over in terms, I didn't get clean and sober that next day. Right. So I, I, I had one more go at it mm -hmm. um, on the new year's Eve. And the reason mm -hmm. why I, I, my dry date is January 2nd is because I didn't sleep until <laughs> the next day. But um, after that, I couldn't get drunk. I couldn't get high. I, no matter what I did, it was done. Right. So I finally surrendered to the unknown. Mm -hmm. And it was from that point on that the healing began. Wow. And I loved what you said today. Wow. I don't know if it was today that you said it or if I was looking at an older wow. one, but I looked at your Instagram and it talked about always being on the right path. Mm -hmm. And so when people try to give me pity on this story, I'm like, don't. This was exactly what I had to go through to get to where I am now to do the yeah. work I do. Yeah. So I don't regret one step of it. Mm. Was there so much shame and was there so much self-hatred and, mm. and was there illness and loss, et cetera? And yes. Was there drama? Yes. Um, but it gave me a path that, and I'll say that, you know, I had the test of fire and, and to the Tibetans say, that's the path of the diamond, the, the path of time and yeah. pressure. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. I knew I would die if I didn't do something different. And I also knew mm -hmm. that God had a, had something in store for me. There was, there was a higher intelligence yeah, unfolding and yeah. so, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't know any of that, to be honest. No. And, and on one level, I'm like, wow. You went through that? Like when I, I see sure you did. now as this bright, radiant being, I'm like, shit, she went through that. But oh, now shit, I did. But, but, <laughs> but it makes like on one level, it makes sense because you know, when you've gone through stuff like that, it it, it will either break you or break you open and That's polish right. you like the diamond. And so wow. Let me ask you, the, the, you know, on this soul journey as human beings, mm. do you feel as humans, we, we have to go through suffering. We have to go through these painful things. Can we, can we, can we grow and come to that point any other way? I believe both. And okay. I believe some of us, you know, I am, I am meant to touch the people who mm. have been desperate. Mm. I am meant to touch those people, you know, and I've met people who don't have this kind of experience that, mm. that have different barriers, if you will, to, to, to entry or, or different views or different, different obstacles to overcome that to them are just as difficult. Yeah. So, um, but I, but anyone that I know that has really been there, like I always said, you know, I, I mean, I took the express train to hell and then I got on the other side really fast because I, it didn't take me very long. Cause I was young. I was only 26 yeah. when I got wow. clean and sober. Wow. Right? So, wow. so yes, I think suffering, which means to undergo a journey, but I don't want, but you have a choice to suffer over your suffering. 
So I was victimized, but I am not a victim, Mm. right? There's a big difference between recognizing and narrating a fact that, yes, there was victimization, but my identity is not wrapped around being a victim. Mm. And that is something that I have, I have come to. Mm. And that, that is the, the, that is the dilemma. Do we continue the story? Go ahead. Uh, how does it's so profound? Like, how does someone? Because because many of us we hold on to being victims. Like, it's my mom. It's my dad. It's my childhood. It's my you know oppressor. It's my and and on some level, it, they're, they're right. They're right. You know, mm-hmm. on some level. And and so, what does it take for someone to come to the point? of truly like letting that story go. Cause when I hear you speak and even when I hear you share the story and when I feel your energy, I don't feel any level of vib- vibration around victim, like nothing. No. No. And so but wh- it took what a while. Really, what does it really like take? It took to- a while mm-hmm. to, to sculpt that. So you can imagine that you have a knife, yeah. right? And so the knife, you have the clay. And then you pair, you you peel away the layers that are hiding the, the the treasure inside. But you're scared. You have to face the fear that what you will uncover, and you have to do the shadow work. Mm. Like you have to go into the basement and you have to look at it, and you have to acknowledge that it's true, and you have to acknowledge that you were hurt. You have to grieve the part of you that might have died as a result of it. The innocence, the the you know, the loss of a relationship or the loss of whatever identity that you thought that you had and embrace the new one. And that takes balls. That takes courage. You know, it takes courage. It does. It takes courage. And I would love to tell you that it happened right away and it did not. Mm -hmm. And I continued. I think the thing is, is that it is a continuum. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say that we're a story in motion and that we are never in, in a static state that but there does come a point if we are going to tell a new story about ourselves and and be the emissary because we're all here as emissaries of the divine that's what i believe now i'm not a religious person at all i believe that in consciousness with a capital c yeah. in spirit with a capital s in an animated world i believe even the blade of grass um you know i believe your book is alive and has a personality mm-hmm. you know i believe that we infuse life and spirit needs us in the material world to make things have form mm-hmm. right to bring things into form and if we keep on repeating the same story we're going to keep on repeating the same form the thing is that people then start to expect only that so the 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 real the big the, the mechanics of this is about trusting that there that that it, it's discipline. It's a discipline mm-hmm. to 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 rec- I just know. Yes, I'm going to continue to look at what I know because that's how I'm built. The reticular activating system of our brain is going to take our eyeballs and st- and look for proof and evidence in the outer world that the thing that we're paying most attention to emotionally and energetically is real. Right yeah. now, if if we pay emotional. Um, and that was what happened to me in the program. And again, I come from a 12-step program and that saved my life. And I know the level of radio press t- and films were not supposed to say anything, but I didn't say I'm a member. I just said that's helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I learned to believe and have faith in a power greater than myself that would intervene for me if I surrendered. And now I have not let go of anything that my claw marks weren't all on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it took me step by step, Mm. right? Step by step. 
and it's a continuous thing. Even today, I'm still learning about, no. you know, how to be a healthy in, in person, independent, and also to do no harm in the world. And, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying? And, and to, and to process. I, it's a, it's a process. evolutionary process. Well, so yeah. when did you come to the point of, of this, this is what I want to do is like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. going to be an, that, an Oracle. I'm, I'm going to no. do this thing as a profession. No, like, no, I'm no. going to be like, how did that happen? You just set up yeah. shop one day. <laughs> no. So I was, as I said, pursuing a career in music. I was two years sober and uh, I was working. I had a, I had a really well-paying job in telemarketing, wow. but it was unethical what we were doing. I mean, I could tell, I started realizing this isn't, I don't want to call up secretaries and tell them they have too much toner. They have toner waiting for them and they didn't order it. Like, no. Mm. So the, the owner of the company uh, would be like, you keep, they heard me on a video on a on actually a tape me telling the secretary said you know what i'm hanging up now you don't need this i'm going (laughs) (laughs) exactly you don't have a toshiba i can tell we're not sending you this and then that was it for me so then i realized i got to do something that i feel proud of right Mm -hmm. so um so anyway actually the year I, i actually made a living as an artist painting on people's clothes while I was taking classes in the healing arts, because I was in a program, I wanted to be a, a at this point, I wanted to be a interfaith minister. That's what I wanted to be. But I was interested in aromatherapy and different healing modalities. And as soon as I started touching people, I started a company called Stress Busters and went to all these like movie sets and TV sets and offices and stuff with my little team of massagers. Um, but as soon as I put my hands on somebody, I would know stuff about them and want to tell them about it. So, wow. so it kind of evolved into to, well, the big turner turnaround, because I was doing tarot for my friends. And then they said, oh, you should charge. And so that was kind of the two for one special. You get a massage and I'll do your tarot. It's a hell of a massage. <laughs> While I was going to go do what my record, my, my had my band and everything. Right. So this is just a way to make money because I could. And yeah. plus I was fascinated with it and I was really good at it, so but I never in a just, million years. It just huh? came through you. It, it was yeah. just, and I used to tell people, I don't really do this. I'm really a singer. <laughs> not really my thing it's just you know it's not my really side my gig it's much, it's it. like i'm not going to be here next year so just you know whatever what do you want to know blah 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 well of course i'm going to tell you this so um <laughs> the last uh, the very last time that anybody booked me for aromatherapy massage was at this cute little store in toronto and i remember this girl on the table and she'd come in and i put my hands on the lower back and i heard the name frank and he had molested her when she was eight and he really wanted to apologize and i kind of went into a trance and told her that and this woman jumped off the table she was a lawyer too so i was like i am in so much trouble now wrapped the towel around her she goes how do you know that I'm like, how do I know what? I'm like, I'm not sure. What, what, what did I just do? Right kind of thing. And so she says, oh my God. So she called all her friends to tell them what happened. And I had a lineup, but, but not, (laughs) not for the massage. You're like, can we just skip the massage and let's do the reading? So I, so I thought, okay, I've got it. I've got this thing. But the coolest part was that I I had prayed every day to be of service Mm. since I got sober. Mm. I did, but I had a PS I was like, this came so easy, but I kept wanting to quit. I kept PS, you know, the record deal that I want. Like, I really, I really want that. So just PS God, like how to be in service mm-hmm. with my voice. Hello, a singing. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, my voice was being used at something else. Yeah. 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 Right. Wow. And I had clients in 29 countries by the sixth year that I was doing it. There was no internet. 
There was no cell phones. And people had called me or showed up at the door. One woman came, stopped off. She lived in Ireland. She came all the way. We had the limo wait outside my place and do a, get a reading and then get back and go back. And, and wow. I think she's going to LA. Yeah. So I had the craziest story with this mm. and I'm like, and I started crying when uh, the day that somebody called me from Delhi, India, I don't know. New Delhi is called Mumbai. New Delhi. Yeah. New Delhi. Mumbai is, is Bombay, Bombay, right? Bombay. Bombay. Right. Okay. And I, I couldn't hear them well because it was crackling, right? And I thought they were calling from the deli up the road. I'm like, what come down here? No, no, no. You know, and then I'm, no, I'm in like, Delhi. <laughs> Where are you calling me from? Right. And I'm like, and I said, how did you hear about me? Oh, in an airport. I got your number on a piece of paper. Wow. And, uh, and then after I did a reading for him, he said he wanted to invite me. And they said they would put rose petals on the ground. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think I could do that. Um, but it was, I, I, that day I started crying because I realized all that time I was trying to escape it. And I realized I am in service. Mm. I'm in service right here and right now. And I'm not even doing a thing. I never gave out a business card. Wow. Right. So, but I still tried quitting. Okay. I'll just be honest. <laughs> so, um, but what was good about it is that I didn't have any ego attached to it. Yes. Right. And I, because I knew it wasn't me doing it and I, I knew I was being used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had really, the reason why um, I, be, I got into Oracle creating, et cetera, cause I got to Hay House in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had created my own kind of dummy deck that I would use as a second opinion deck for myself. Cause the tarot was, it was, could, mm. could be scary for people if they saw. And I also really wanted to just explore. I'm an innovator. It's in my astrology chart that I'm going to turn things upside down and inside out anyway, and find a different way of doing it. So, um, but I had, uh, I had had a therapist in my second year of sobriety, and I went to study Jung as well, like my background is Jungian psychology. Anyway, so because I was fascinated, she was a Jungian analyst that used the tarot as part of my therapy. Wow. So at the point that I had known it before, it was a divination tool that was about fortune telling pretty much, mm-hmm. right? Like, in other words, where am I going? Only future predictions. But this was a different usage. And then I realized that all divination techniques could be used in service to personal growth. Mm. Right. I didn't understand that until that moment. And though that was a defining moment mm. when I look back on why I do what I do, because Beautiful. everything that I do is about personal transformation. Mm. So when you read someone or you see, you, you know, you do the reading, you see, you see things how, like how much of that is, what is going to happen? Like oh. basically destiny, free will. Ooh. Like you see, okay, this person is going to win an Oscar. The, I see an Oscar. I see this. I see kids. Like how much of that is guaranteed? How much of that, like is, do we have choice? How much choice do we have? And, well, and, then, and then how do we, ch- and, 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 and <laughs> how do we change what might seem like a inevitability? Oh, baby, you are uh, talking my language now. So here's what I learned. So in the beginning, I I built my reputation on predictive accuracy. And every once in a while, what would be wrong, I would flip out because I'd be like, how could I be wrong? Mm -hmm. Right? So I was like, ooh, what is going on here in the first few years? Mm -hmm. But then because I was doing my own work, 
And I remember another psychic I had gone to years before has told me that I would never mount to anything and that all these things that actually never happened, but would have happened had I not cleaned and got clean and sober. Wow. Everything that person said I was heading towards a short mm. life, you know, all these kind of things that they said. Um, but I said to myself, wait a second, I am, I am a complete walking miracle. What if they changed? What if this thing that I'm seeing isn't good enough? What if I, the thing that I'm seeing is only from this per particular point of vantage? What right. if they changed certain things? What if they evolved? Mm -hmm. Would that no, would then this opportunity also change that mm -hmm. wouldn't we be in a different dimensional awareness? Like that, what, like sliding doors, like a different choice, like that movie, Sliding mm -hmm. Doors, Gwyneth Paltrow, mm -hmm. you're probably too young to have seen Yeah, it. Sliding Doors, yeah, great Okay, yep. right, I mean, there's a sense of- The two destinies. There's many destinies. I'm gonna tell mm -hmm. you that there are many potential realities and it's a matter mm -hmm. for us to choose. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we can avoid hardship. It doesn't mean that we can avoid our shadow because our shadow self is the one that keeps us bound to conditioning, to societal norms, to culture, to all of those things. And, and that keeps us in the prison of our own making. Mm. Right. So, so how do we make those choices? So I would then, I change my language altogether and I'd say, okay, wow. from this point of vantage, this is likely yeah. yes. the probability that I see, mm. but here's what I think you should do. Right. That's, you beautiful. know, yeah. You need to work on this piece here if you don't mm -hmm. want that or if you want something better than that, mm -hmm. because I think you could have something better than that. And that's how my language changed. Yeah. And then I eventually segued into doing business strategy because I thought it was more interesting because mm -hmm. I could see that the living spirit of a business would be able to wow. talk to you. And I'd be like, well, this is trippy. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, sit, you'd sit with like a CEO. Tell me a bit about that. Like you sit with yeah, the CEO, so like the imagine, living spirit you know, of your business. Well, I actually have a course called The Spirit of Your Business that wow. uh, is is coming soon again because I I, did, check I, I actually retired from working because they were exhausting, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and and you couldn't scale the scale it, and I got yeah. tired. But yeah. I worked with some, but they all have NDA, so I can't tell you who they are. But some very very famous entrepreneurs and mm. and and celebrities and people in entertainment because I had a lot of entertainment people, mm -hmm. but that would come to me when they were going to sell their company, when they're going to make a big transition, when something was up and I was able to kind of see a big chessboard and see where all the pieces were going to go. So often name the people, which is yeah. bells and whistles, yeah. but ultimately there'd be a relationship that that person was ignoring uh, because they saw their business as an inanimate vehicle to make mm. the money, right. Mm. That they could control or somehow you um, through data or through what you already know. But I always say that if you're inspired, especially an entrepreneur, if you're inspired with an idea, you were given that. Like in the in the ancient Greeks, they talked about the genius, genius loci that yes, would come with yes. an idea and give you a gift. And if you didn't take it, it would give it to somebody else. Right, right, right. right. And so you got that from somewhere. So I always say, well, spirit needs you as its emissary in the world of form. Mm -hmm. So don't you think it would give you an idea that has a blueprint for success built into it already? And wouldn't you think that this thing you're giving birth to is something you steward instead of dominate? Mm -hmm. So we live in a dominator model ever since patriarchy really became and, and colonization and all that stuff. It's all about 
the dominator model. I control this. I'm above mm-hmm. you. My it's a power over. And the truth is, we're we are meant to be in the more feminine partnership model. Yes. Right. Which is which is about ah, I am in service to the business that I've given birth to, and I can have a dynamic relationship with it because it needs to evolve and it needs nurturing and it can mm-hmm. grow. And it it already knows what I need to do. And I better listen to it as opposed to trying to tell it what to do. Mm -hmm. So there's I mean, you it's both and right. It's a different way of approaching it. And then I I created Mm -hmm. these different types of voice dialogue processes to to summon different people into the boardroom. (laughs) Wow. And now I decided recently I thought because I retired from all of that. It did get exhausting, the one-on-one, uh, uh, although I should have taken a percentage of some of these business. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that, that would have been. <laughs> I know better now. But uh, people, you know, it's phenomenal for especially entrepreneurs who, um, and even solopreneurs, which is kind of a bad name for it because you're never alone. It's like the yeah. idea that we actually have a partnership that we we don't know we have mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. there is this incredible dynamic dynamism between mm-hmm. the animistic approach to business than it is mm-hmm. to that, right? That kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make yep. this money and I'm going to do this with this mm-hmm. thing. Very but transactional, very one-dimensional. Yeah. What if it's yeah. What if it's more than that? What if it's a living thing? You know, it's, it's it's so interesting what you're saying because in Japanese culture, my mother's Japanese, there's the, the, the ancient Japanese religion is Shinto. And mm-hmm. Shinto is all about everything ha- it, it has a living spirit. Everything, right. like the chair, the phone, the trees, all of nature, everything, there's a spirit. And so there are ceremonies done to invoke and activate and honor the spirit in literally everything, the chair, the car, the house, wow. the, you know, and it's, 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 this is the ancient Japanese culture. I have to, That's I right. have to study that because my father yeah. taught me about animism. Yes. He taught me how to read Turkish coffee cups when uh, my mother wasn't mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was about 14, uh, mm-hmm. it was when I got really good at it, but he taught me about spirit <laughs> animals um, in the cup, um, which is very much part of the ancient Slavic traditions. Mm-hmm. Very similar, by the way, to, mm-hmm. Um, native traditions. A very, very. There's a similarity between the two. Um, can that, anyone? Can anyone? Access folks, yeah, folks, listen. Yes. This might be like, but yeah, look, like you were just born that way. It just came. No, to you. I can teach. And somebody might be like, I don't feel shit. I don't hear anything. I, I don't. I can't tell what's right, what's wrong. How does someone who feels like they're not particularly, I don't know, psychically intuitive? open that dimension to actually not just have like, well, I have a hunch. No, they, 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 they want to like connect and see and feel. And so here's the thing. Uh, there are so many different subtleties and layers to this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some people, there's some people are claircognizant. That's most people are that all human beings have this. This is part mm-hmm. of our nature. It is, it is unnatural for us. We live in an unnatural world where we are, this is atrophied in the human psyche. All human beings, we have a pineal gland. Yes. We are in touch with the invisible realms. We all are. So all of us are born with this. We are born knowing some of us. So like everybody knows how to run, but not everybody runs in the Olympics. I'm the yeah. Olympic runner of right, this, right, right? Right, right. But 
more and more people are developing this. And interestingly enough, the more trauma in, that is discussed in the world, the more we recognize that we're actually been honing this capacity to judge the outer world, except we're looking for the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're looking for perceived threats instead of perceived um, oracles in the world, right? All of us can do it. Mm-hmm. All of us can. And in, it is really through meditation that we get there. And anybody can meditate. And and that activates, um, you can activate the pineal gland by a regular meditation process. Mm -hmm. You can, um, you have to trust that, I think you have to be willing to be willing to know that there is something beyond you because people are scared. And I think, you know, when you get somebody poo-pooing this, um, that it's like, well, I, I can't see it. It's not real, but you can't see oxygen. You can't see gravity. You can't see, you know, you you can't see radio waves. Like how the hell is a song coming on a little box? Mm-hmm. If I can imagine the first person who's ever seen a radio and something coming out of it, be like, where's that coming from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't see a lot of what's going on in the world. And so it's the, the just the willingness to at least accept that perhaps consciousness is fundamental to all of life. And mm-hmm. that if we see it that way, way then everything can make a little more sense but to want the extreme isn't necessary like you just need to recognize your own subtle cues because your intuition uses your body as an instrument Mm. so it's really understanding the somatics of that Mm. and you know ugh. Do you really want to see, see, I never want to see anything walk through my house. that wasn't there. Yeah, that I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather not. <laughs> Honestly, I had this guy on the phone, this woman actually on the phone and I got, I knew exactly who I was talking about. I saw, I literally saw her dad walk through my kitchen in a plumber's outfit. And I'm like, that's enough. Mm. Like I'm, I'm okay to listen to you people. I can hear you. That's good enough for me, but I refuse mm. to see because I like my world also normal like i am the least woo woo airy fairy person that you're going to run into that does this for a living yeah right yeah. i want and and don't ever say the word ascension to me either <laughs> because that's just bs because it's like really you that's just escapism yes. all right elitist yes. escapism mm-hmm. oh i've ascended to the fifth dimension f you mm-hmm. no you have not mm-hmm. this is where you got it this is where it's at Right. We need to ascend by expanding our hearts, understanding the nature of compassion, how our thoughts, feelings and beliefs impact the energy around us. Every single person on this earth knows the vibe of somebody else, even if their face is smiling, they know if they're in danger or not. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We have this. We have the guidance system. It's built into us. For so, someone who, for someone who, and I love what you're saying about just not just ascending and escaping, but like be being here, here now. Like, like waking down into this moment yes. right now, and then experiencing the spirit in all of it, you know, and recognizing exactly. the spirit in the ordinary, and it's like like cultivating that sense of real, practical, authentic yeah. spirituality, not just escaping. And so I think that's amazing. What about for those that? are hypersensitive and they're so like i am an empath and, how, and, and, and how do they how do you how do they navigate the world that can feel very intense and navigate it, oh deal with it without getting overwhelmed and protect your energy so i am an empath and i have and i can tell you that in the past because i've really done well with it now and actually it was funny because over the pandemic 
I was hypersensitive to everything. And, and without even eating too much, I put on 20 pounds. Like, so my, like a lot of empath, empaths will use food to ground themselves. You'll typically see the empathic people to be heavier mm. or like dealing with tremendous amount of mental health issues or stress, right? So I'm going to tell you the one thing that works all the time is meditation. It really is about meditate, 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 and be careful with stimulants. Watch mm. the caffeine, sugar, high carb, uh, uh, food that's overly processed, things that you put into your body. Um, and, uh, and for me, it's always a conscious contact to a higher power and get off social media. So social, so, was it you that posted this? I can't, I saw it this morning too, because so I went true. on today. Something that says, somebody said it, no, that was humble. The poet, mm-hmm. he said, if you have mental health issues, social media is the salt, not the bandage. Yes. It's, it's salt for the wound right? You have to be so careful what you digest. Mm -hmm. Like I won't even watch a horror movie because Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that in me. I don't want that energy in me. Mm -hmm. Now I don't watch things that are happy, joyous and free all the time because I like, I love melancholy music. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I mean, I never got to, you have to have both end. You have to have the, I love the extremes of, um, but of being discerning. You yes. Know, about especially social media, which often is, I don't want to say it's low vibration, but is often just feeding the surface of who we are and our wounds and our insecurities. And it can, it can activate that can. Un- unnecessarily. And uh, it's also a place, I think, for, you know, I always, you know, there's a lot of people who have never accomplished anything that take, take, uh, to put a lot of time into social media yeah. without having the courage to actually move forward into yes. contributing something to yeah. criticize other people who are contributors. Yeah. So I find that to be very disheartening. Yeah. Um, and I also find, you know, I also recognize the wave, you know, the mob psychology of the wave, like cancel mm. culture, et cetera. But at the same time, it's also, you know, it can be very good to call people to a cause or whatever, but mm-hmm. you just got to, for sensitive people, you just got to be discerning on how just much time discerning. you put on there. Yeah. But for those that like feel alone, I'm curious mm-hmm. about your thoughts about that. Um, sure. Especially the last few years, you know, with isolation, okay, COVID, we're coming back into living again. But if someone's feeling alone, maybe feeling unsupported by life, the universe, their parents, family, in terms of their dreams, they feel a little different. My my family, my community doesn't really understand my desire for evolution and growth. Um, what what can you say? I mean, how, so, what, what do they do? Can, can, can they connect? You talked about, we're not alone. We have support. And we need like, I don't feel support. Okay. I don't feel support even from yeah. the other side, from my ancestors. And so, how we do we need each other? Mm-hmm. We need each other. Let's be honest. We don't, we're not meant to live in. And I think we're behind enemy lines when we're talking to ourselves yeah. sometimes. Right. I mean, we can, yeah. when we're in there thinking I'm not supported, mm-hmm. then we're getting right into the, wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. you know, find a community and there's tons of great communities online, mm-hmm. you know, find a community that you feel safe in, find a community with like-minded people. Like I always say, I'm the mother of all orphans. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I have like a great, uh, I have a really, really great um, membership site. And we have like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not huge compared to other people's, but I've got like 3,600 really active people in there that love, that are super supportive of each other. And we don't have any drama. There's no drama and llama ever in my rooms. And people are just loving on each other because, and they're, they've all had experiences where they've been ostracized, et cetera. We have a very diverse community in there. And um, you have to make the effort to go look. I mean, I, I, I have to say it. It take if you're sitting on your couch by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, get online and look for some great, you know, mm-hmm. like even groups that are centered in mental health or meditation groups or, yeah. you know, and, and go shopping. We mm-hmm. have no excuse now. The pandemic proved pro- proved it. I didn't see yeah. a person except my husband for like two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet there was so much opportunity to connect with people online around common goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so you just have to be discerning again and, and, and be very conscious that you don't bond over your woundology. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's key. right. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Look really for important. solutions. Like we mm-hmm. live in the solution in my, in my groups. It's like, we are very solution driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean? Well, that mean, doesn't mean that if you are in pain that it's ignored, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, like maybe, you know, some quiet meditation, like self-care is so huge. Mm-hmm. And Oracle mm-hmm. cards are really the new self-care because mm-hmm. anybody can com- communicate with spirit directly. And you're directly. so freaked out because you're like, how does it know me? I and still you, get emails from people. How do these things you may know me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but by the way, like you, you have, like, is it 15 decks? 15 what, decks, yeah. Uh, I wasn't going to ask this question, but now I'm curious, like how, how do you make them? How oh, do you they create come them? to me. They come you just wake up one day and you're like, I see knock, the, knock. The, the, this whole card deck. Um, no. It's, it's, it's they, so I, this, first of all, this is what I'm, really good at. And I believe I've been chosen to do this a hundred percent. Like it knocks on my door, basically the psyche. It takes about nine months to give birth to them. I don't have much say in it. They basically show me who they are, what they want to look like. Mm. Um, now this latest deck that I did the Dreamweavers Oracle, I did it with a phenomenal Japanese artist, uh, wow. Japanese American artist, Joel Nakamura. Mm. And I knew that they had to look like cave drawings and I knew they had to be weird little creatures. And I knew that they had to, cause they kept showing me a cave. Every time I'd meditate, they'd be like, they'd impose upon my meditation. I'm like, okay. And then I would just write down notes and I trust, I trust this. Mm. Like, I really trust it. And I never make a deck. Actually, that's not true. The deck that I made that I didn't have that first experience was my goddess power deck because my publisher asked me to do it. So it was an ass backwards thing where I literally Mm. had to do a lot of academic research. And and it was my most controversial deck in the end. It was interesting because it wasn't the one that came knocking. It was the one that somebody said, will you do this? But Mm. it was a wonderful pivot for me to get into a lot of of, of commitment to, uh, self-healing and DEI and all kinds of stuff. So it was actually really good, but, um, yeah, so I get pictures in my head and I get themes. Mm. So like one of my decks that I teach with has a kind of a circus theme. So we have like circus, uh, wow. pendants on yeah. a lot of the cards. And, uh, so there's, there's that. And then, yeah, some of the other ones, like this latest one was very specific. And then the one that I'm working on next, 
uh, for publication, which may we might skip a year, is all my own paintings. They're faces mm. that have come to me that mm. these loving faces that ask to be painted. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so wow. I'll show you some of them. Hang on. Fasc- fascinating. Hang on a second. You can see some of them. Oh, wow, folks. I'm just, uh, if, if you're on audio, I'm looking at uh, some of these face paintings and they, <laughs> they have an energy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have, have an energy. Wow. Hang on. There's another one. Wait a sec. Oh, you can't wow. really see it. Anyway, yeah, I see that. Yeah, you're, I see you're, that. You're, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'll show you another Beautiful. time. So there's 44 of them and they're huge. So I don't wow. know. Wow. Yeah. So I just do what I'm told basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I think that's the way, you know, I was telling someone the other day, like the deeper I go, the less choice I kind of feel I have, the yeah. freer I feel. Yeah, yes, the, the more liberated feel. you feel, right? The freer you feel, right? The but, but the, freer you but the feel. more, the more in ego I stay, the the more choice I think I have, the less free I actually am in reality. And I so was me, trying to force a tarot project um, with all. I had to find all these artists. Like I knew I saw it, but I guess it's one I'm going to do later. But I just wasn't getting anywhere, and I yeah, had to cancel yeah. the whole project. Yeah. And then I kept saying, "I went okay. What the hell? I'm I'm going to have to answer this call because it is every yeah. time. It's like a hero's journey every time." Mm-hmm. I see it. I, I don't answer the call. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Okay. Well, who are you now? Okay. I'll do it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just very strange. It has an energy of its own. That's, and I think that's how you know too, when, when there, there's a flow, there's, there's, there's something that pulls you that is beyond your, your human self It's an energy yeah. that we just have to listen to that. And I think as human beings, if we really just follow that flow, we're in the flow, life flows. And, so and even are, when the flow takes you on a detour, yeah, right, and you're wondering why am I not going where I said I was going to go, but <laughs> the fact that the detour is actually divine, so it's yes. really trusting that whatever happens next. That's why even when I've been confronted with things about myself that I still needed to heal, mm. you know, which is even in the past few years, it was like, wow, I see now why I'm here. I really needed to go back in time and get to the root of this because this is not working out for me. <laughs> wow. Got it. Final couple of questions, Colette. Um, yeah. When you look at the world, the last few years, what's happening, a lot of intense things. Uh, I think we humanity got shaken up a bit in the last few years, to say the least, with the pandemic and all the things that happened. I would love to know your thoughts on, for those that might be still feeling struggling or challenged by the last few years, or we, you know, we look we look at the bank collapse, uh, Silicon Valley Bank collapsing. I know, the we, bank collapsing. we had problems so, with our payroll because of well, that. So, yeah. so what, what, from a spiritual, energetic perspective, what could you tell us and share with us in terms of your perspective of like, what the hell is happening on this planet Earth right now? You know, um, we are in a moment of a great awakening. Uh-huh. And it's one of the reasons why we're seeing all this polarization, right? That's like whenever there's a step forward, it's like whenever you up level, there's a new devil, right? But the old mm-hmm. ones come. Mm-hmm. So we, in order to give birth to something new, it's almost if you could look at it like something being born up from what is, what is coming apart, but we're in that middle section. So it's kind of like, I guess, for a woman who's pregnant, yeah. she's at a stage where she's got hemorrhoids and various veins, and she's really <laughs> overweight and she hates her husband at this point because she's really mad that she's about, you know, she's in pain and she wants to get the baby out. Mm. We're kind of there, I think, mm. you know, we're like, and I, 
you know, and I'm not always assuming it's a husband. Yeah. Uh, so I'm being aware of that, of that, but still, you know what I'm saying? It's like yes. that sense of we're about to give birth to something and it's really painful. Mm-hmm. And there's so much beauty that's going to come out of this. And it is a call for compassion. It is such a call for us to be compassionate with one another. And the only way we're going to get there is if we meet in the middle. Like, I really believe that. I have a very unpopular opinion about this because a lot of people go, no, you have to be on this side or that side. And I'm like, no, I'm holding space right here so I can yep. learn from both. The whole. And then we, we have to come together. It's yep. not going to work yep. otherwise. But when I say it's not going to work, this is working exactly as it was predicted. This is exactly the time we're leaving that whole. I think the uh, that I think the uh, the Mayans have even predicted this golden age that's coming out of all of this. So just we have to just get through this, yes. and getting through this may like AI for example is Oof. coming. It's trippy. I went on right? Chat, like, GP, Chat GPT the other few weeks ago for the first time. I'm like, whoa! I I asked it to write me a blog on the three, like the 500 page, uh, a 500 word blog on the keys to overcoming heartbreak, and it just just in 10 seconds yeah. spit the thing out. So yes, AI is coming. It's here. And AI is an important tool if you know how to use it in a way that's to enhance. It's a great ideation tool, mm-hmm. like for ideas. I wouldn't trust it to just yeah. write a blog. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You know, because really when you think of it, it's, it's, but it is something that's alive, you know, yeah. the technosphere, the cyber sphere, the Noah sphere. Does it, does it have a, like a soul, a spirit? A, 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 uh, I don't know yet. Right. I mean, it's, mm. it's uh, certainly acting like it's, it, it doesn't have independent thought yet. Once something like, so when you think of that, like a, a chair doesn't have independent a thought, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't make a decision to go somewhere, but uh, but it has like, you know, like you said in the Shintoism, that there is an overriding spirit that's, you know, that that allows it to be present, right? Mm-hmm. Allows it to be real, if you will. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious as to where this is going to go. Once it becomes self-aware, I think we're going to have an issue, mm-hmm. but uh, we're here now. I mean, we're not, yes. there's no turning back mm-hmm. from this. Yes. You have to face it. You have to my whole team took a course on it, like, because it's like, okay, guys. And I was really against anybody using it as a, like mm-hmm. I, for me, as I only do hand painted art. Now I wanted to get out of digital art altogether because now it's like, okay, well, who made that? Mm-hmm. You know, anybody, there's no talent involved so much in telling a machine mm-hmm. words yeah, so much. Right. And then you see this image, it's really cool for now, but eventually there yeah. should be its own category of art, you know, mm-hmm. but it's all plagiarism right now too. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but even still, I mean, we're into a funny category right now. Yes. Do I think it has a spirit? I think certainly all these people that came up with the idea to make it certainly have been given the, the idea. And so mm-hmm. we could assume that there is a spirit of this business of I of AI that is going to show us both the deeply destructive version of it mm-hmm. and also the most extraordinary a capacity for growth and healing and coming up with ideas to fix the things that we screwed up. Mm. So who knows? Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. We are humanity evolving for sure. Last last question, Colette, is um, you shared so much today. So thank you so much. I really like, love the conversation. And we went to places I didn't even know we were going to go. So this is really thrilling and exciting and Amazing to get to know you better. Um, if you were to just reflect on everything you've been through in life, ups, downs, success, failures, everything, and you were to maybe pick the three keys, the three most 
important lessons you feel you've learned in your life that if you could only share these three key wisdoms with the next generation of children and grandchildren that you feel would evolve their consciousness the most, what would these three nuggets? Oh my God, that's like a big question. Okay, the first one is, for me, the most important thing that I have learned in this journey is to have and develop and continue a conscious contact to a higher power for Mm. me. That's Mm. that's tantamount. I think number two, if I were to say, you are always influencing reality, but that it Mm. is not... It's not like a slot or like a, you know, Mm -hmm. a machine, you know, a vending machine where you just put your quarter in and get something out. Right. But you will, whatever you put into it, you are going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So to be really accountable with your energy um, because you influence by breathing. Right. And number three, you're always worthy. Mm -hmm. You are here for a reason. You are you can overcome anything. And you have to remember that no matter what happens to you, you are still you are not broken ever. Powerful. Three keys, folks. You heard it from the amazing Colette Van Reed. Uh, Colette, where can people uh, connect with you? I want everybody listening to connect with you. So what's the best website, your Oracle decks, any events you have going on, your community, please share. Yep, ColetteBaronReed.com or go to CBRLove.com and you can see what's up. I have a mastermind called the Dream Quest Mastermind, Oracle School, Oracle Circle Membership, you name it. I'm a busy girl. (laughs) (laughs) You're busy. That's amazing. Folks, uh, you heard it. I trust you enjoyed today's amazing episode. Share it with your friends. Let me know how you enjoyed it. Email me, kublaxon at kublaxon.com. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. I feel everyone needs to hear it. Colette, love you lots. Big hugs to you. you. Hope to see you soon. Everyone, catch you next week on Soul Talk. We'll put uh, Colette's links in the show notes. Find her there. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.